right, live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday night, night after the midterm elections. Glad you're in. Lots to do. Real America's Voice. Paul Nolan's here with the news. Rick Delgado's here. Rick Amarati's going to do some sports. Geo Fran holding it down, as always. Glad you're a part of the show. And it's been, a, it's been an interesting day. I've had a lot of time to reflect on last night. Well, first of all, Paul Nolan, how are you? I'm good, my friend. I'm just staying positive, as always. You know, doing the best I can. All right, very good. Rick Delgado, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. Still full from the uh, from the delicious um, spread you delivered for us last night, the, the Chicken Parm Hero. Mwah. Thank okay, you. thank you very much. So I don't have to take any incoming from the Getter <laughs> audience tonight about the um, hot, hot pockets in the <laughs> oven or whatever the hell they say to me, so... Uh, Slick Rick, uh, no butterfly sweater, sweater tonight, but how are you? I'm doing good, Big D. Thanks for talking me off the ledge in the pre-show prep because uh, yes. you know, I wasn't feeling too good to like talk to you. I was very depressed, but thank you. Come back to us, baby. Come back to us. <laughs> um, well, before we get into politics, because there's plenty of politics to get into, why don't we start with, um, you know, it's Wednesday. We were off Monday for the president's rally, and then obviously last night, big election. So we haven't got to talk about a recap of the weekend's football. Uh, we should probably start as we do usually on Mondays. <laughs> yeah, nothing like starting on a high note. <laughs> After you talk start them down, a- you're going to have to talk them down again. I lost Let's enough money on- last night on the election. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start on a high note, at least for me. Well, Slick Rick, not a great, um, not a great college football Saturday. It was a tough one. Um, I think you went 0-4. Am I correct on uh, that? You are correct. But then I bounced back with a 3-1 with the NFL. So I'm good with the pro. But the uh, college, man, I've been a lost soul with that, especially Tennessee. They didn't come through for me. But you were right, Big D. You called it. Bulldogs were going to blow them out, and they did. You I think had my that. exact words were Georgia by a million. You did, Yeah, exactly. It wasn't quite that much, but it was damn near close. It was only 14. <laughs> it was enough. It was easy enough to uh, do what they had to do. So, yeah. well, so Greg, listen, you started it uh, up 37,500. Now you're still up, what, 12,500? So you're still no, in 17, the No, I'm up 17,000. Let's check that, Jack. Well, to me, only 12. <laughs> okay. Well, well, <laughs> so, oh, Nolan owes Nolan, me money. Nolan's got his own deal going. So. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, 17,500. No, you did 17,500 to me. Okay, Thank I'm you. sorry. You just okay, called so. him Jack. <laughs> Only, what is this, 1976? More than, <laughs> hey, more they than. say I'm the 70s guy, so. Okay, I'll very good. It. Well, if you can make it through the football season still up, I'd say that's 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 very good for you. Very good. So, I'm not uh, we'll confident about anything last, any, anymore, Big D, after last night. But uh, well, I'm I, know, I like so to say, yeah. Well, so so here's the thing. I mean, let, let's. I guess we have good and we have bad, and we'll go around and get everybody's thing. And I spent a lot of time today listening to, by the way, great coverage. Is there anybody, by the way, if you want to know what's going on in Arizona, is there anybody better than Charlie Kirk and his guys on Arizona? I listened to Charlie Kirk last night while I was, well, quite frankly, going to sleep, not because he was putting me to sleep, but just because I was so riveted by what they were doing. I turned it on and up as I was going to bed. I mean, they're they're crunching the numbers. I mean, they've got so he's got such a handle on the numbers out in Arizona. And I can remember this from the primary night. It was the same way. And he nailed all of it, and and he seemingly is going to nail all of it again last night. I mean, they were the first ones that I heard, and I wasn't flipping around, but I heard people say, oh, Blake Masters is already done. No, Kerry Lake's not going to. No, 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 no. He's like, no, the numbers we see coming out of these drops and where they're going to come from, uh, Kerry Lake's going to probably take the lead tomorrow, meaning today. And once she takes the lead, it's going to be almost impossible for her to give it back, and she's going to win. And that's exactly what it looks like is going to happen. Now, we're not there yet. 
but uh, Carrie Lake looks like she's going to be the governor there, and and she's going to um, win that race. We already have uh, Hamadine, the attorney general. He's pretty much, I think, if they haven't called it, he's going to win. And I think Blake Masters still has a path. Again, and I think these numbers and these drops are coming in. Um, so, but Charlie Kirk and the guys were just fantastic, and the coverage all day today, even in some of the recapping and thinking back, has really has really been great. So. I mean, just a couple thoughts from us because we haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. We got off the air last night, and it was um, what started out, even from our own experiences at the polls, and then obviously some of the early returns and some of the early exit polling. What looked like we were going to get kind of what the media had kind of built us up to get was this red wave, and obviously that didn't happen. And I think it kind of left everybody where. We we over, we had our expectations. We overshot and kind of settled back down. They had such a low bar, given the disaster that is this the country right now and this president. I mean, and they kind of overshot because they didn't get at least run out of totally run out of town. But if if you take everything else, and here's here's also what we know: we know that there's millions of people, unfortunately, in this country that are okay with with the border being open. There's millions of people in this country that are okay uh, with crime in these big metro blue Democrat held cities. There's millions of people who have no problem with inflation at 8%. Um, we have, there's millions of people in this country unequivocally that will vote even Communists. basically in sabotaging their own livelihoods in their own lives because there's a D there. Yep. And, it, and it really goes against a lot of what I, I guess and my, my naive, whatever the word is, naive me being intent. naive, thank you, that of saying that people are going to all draw a line no matter who you vote for and say, no, this is not. Well, maybe there are some of those people, but not as many as I thought because we, and, and we have millions of young people in this country who have, who have been programmed to become uh, correct, to hate the country. And to and to vote for and think socialism is great and and that that reared its ugly head to some degree last night as well. So those so, are some of the bad things that we know. Go ahead, Paul. I, I just have one question for you guys because D, really you. Well, the CNN poll was it ten days ago that said seventy six percent of the country um, feels like the country's going in the wrong direction. There was an exit poll last night from CNN. It's one of the first exit polls that was released at 7 p.m. And it was still 73% when you combine angry and that whatever the bottom two are, the wrong direction and angry in the wrong, whatever the bottom two were, you add them together, it was like 39 and 34. Like 73% still the number was last night. So how? 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 How what? How, what? how couldn't it not been a red wave? How? Well, I mean, again, how, how? you know, the whole the whole red wave <laughs> thing, your definition of red wave. Let, let's say this. If if you saw nothing of last night and you woke up this morning and you called me and I said, well, we, we won the House and it looks like we have a solid path to winning the Senate. We, we flipped both, both, and you knew nothing else about Cut the governorship in New York, about the governorship in Michigan. Yeah. Would you woke up and be happy if you made one phone call to me and you knew nothing, you saw nothing, and I said, we took the House and the Senate, and I said nothing else about the numbers, or I had to tell you how we got there. Would you be happy this morning? That's where I think we have to at least start. Yeah. Now, do I think this was an A-plus night? No, I don't even know if it was a B night. I don't know if it was, if Kerry Lake wins, maybe it's a B-minus. And I think there's some things we have to 
there's some things we have to talk about, but a majority is a majority. It's If it's 51 to 49, then it's 51-49. And um, I saw, and I'm gonna try not to jump around and make some sense here, but these are just the thoughts in my head. I'm gonna give them to you as they come. I, I just saw Dr. Gina have on, um, I'm so old. It's just so pathetic. <laughs> Who's the guy from Getter? Jason. Jason oh Miller. God. Thank you. Jason Miller was just on with Dr. Gina in the studio. And he said to him that he talked to President Trump. Oh, it's just this it's ridiculous. This 50 years old stuff, Damon. I know, it's bad man. news. He You're... turned 50 and he fell apart. This is, uh, Jason, it... Jason Miller said that he spoke to the president today. And told him that this announcement on the 15th is not a good idea given where we are after last night. And what we need to do right now is we need to get behind Herschel Walker. Now, if Blake Masters wins, um, Adam Laxalt wins in Nevada, we're going to get a Republican of Alaska. Unfortunately, it's probably going to be the slash Republican-ish slash Democrat Murkowski because of the stupid way they do things there. Herschel, we may be it a majority Without Herschel, I think we have 48 or 49 now, and we still have Masters and Laxalt that I think can add two more Senate seats. If I, I don't have it in front of me, but I think that's the math. Um, so, but we, I think we have to go at Herschel's race like we're going to need it. Yeah, and yes, I'll tell you what definitely. would be great. We need to see President Trump. We need to see Ron DeSantis. We need to see Kevin McCarthy. And, and if there's any hope for McConnell, if we can use him for just this one race, that fool. Then, then that's fine too. But we need whoever we can to get Herschel Walker over the finish line in that runoff where it's just the two of them. That's what we need because a majority is a majority. If we take the House and we take the Senate, it's hard to argue that this was an F night or even a D or a C minus. If Kerry Lake wins, I think it's a solid B, but I think there's issues. And most of the issues, by the way, are not with the former president. Okay, is everything he did perfect? No. Can you make some argument about some things you would have liked to see him do differently or spend some more money or spend some more time or back some better candidates? Of course you can make those arguments. But if you're more worried this morning about the former president than you are Mitch McConnell, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. And if you're and if you're worried about him more than you are about the Republican Party and the RNC who did no candidates any favors throughout this whole thing, then I'm not sure what to tell you. And I don't need to hear from Chris That's Christie or Carl Rove or any of these Bushes. <laughs> I don't need to hear from any of them this morning because none of them were anywhere to help any of these candidates. So I don't need to hear Fatso sitting on this on the ABC set telling us about, ah, oh, wow, look at Kemp and Sununu. They ran from Trump and they won. Anybody else, they lost. I mean, I don't need to hear from any of them. And screw Mitt Romney too, by the way, because Mike Lee won big, so good for him. So we don't need him either. We're sick of these people. We're sick yeah, the of these people, people in this part party. Of the establishment. They're all deep state, low life state. They are not part of the Republican or conservative party. And this is the problem. You know, the Bush family, as they, they wear that, that rhino cloak and they keep waving their magic wand and people still, you know, who have no idea what's really going on, still believe that nonsense. So yeah, any MAGA candidate, I want to hear, let it be make America great candidates and, and people who will fight against the BS and, and all the all the nonsense that we're constantly forced to endure. And so, yeah, the, it's the same old, same old. So when you see like MTG fighting tooth and nail, and you know, it, it, those are the those are those are the new R's. And and it's funny because they're really representing the working class now. 
if Mitch McConnell's not 100% responsible for Don Baldock losing, he's he's a lot of it. If Kelly Shabaka doesn't win because she doesn't get to 50, and unfortunately, then they go to this stupid way they do it there, McConnell's responsible for there. Now, Blake Masters, if he gets there, great, and I hope he does. But if he doesn't get there, you can blame McConnell for those three races as well, because he pulled all the money out of there. Um, and that's because that's what he does. Now, in Pennsylvania, which I know is the talk of everybody, <laughs> you know, the thing here is, and we talked about this in the, unfortunately, when we get to yesterday, it's choice A or B, and you have to vote for our guy. And that, and he is your guy at that point, and that's all you can do about it. But let's face facts. If Sean Parnell or somebody like that runs in that race, he beats him by 50. He beats him by 50. He's a lousy candidate. We know what his deal is. He ran from Trump as soon as he could. Then he tried to get him back. Trump endorsed him for whatever the reason in the primary. And we didn't get uh, Kathy Barnett, who also I think would have beat him easily. Yeah. And of course he loses. Now, the only thing I'll say about him in Pennsylvania is he is a known entity to people there because he obviously was the Lieutenant Governor. So I think we have to at least keep that in mind for all of the disaster that he is. But you put a real solid guy in there who Pennsylvanians known, they win that race by 50. All right, we're back after this. Studio 6B on a Wednesday night, November 9th, which is a special day for me, as it's, um, well, for a couple reasons. But the uh, biggest reason, it's my mom's birthday today. Oh, oh. happy birthday, happy mom. Birthday, mama. Happy birthday, so happy, Damon's mommy. She's happy great birthday lady. to mom today. Um, and it's, uh, yes, so happy birthday to my mom. Unfortunately, this is also the day that I lost my grandmother on this day, my mom's mom. Mm. So sometimes it's not a, it's more of a sullen day, but mm. I think, you know, with time, become more of a happy day again, I think, for my mom. Um, so happy birthday, mom. And, um, oh, Katie, we're thinking about you as well, too, always on this day. So, uh, all right, live from Studio 6B, we're, um, Going over some election stuff. So Delgado, you didn't really jump in much there. You didn't have a lot. We didn't have a lot of time left by the time I got done ranting. So um, <laughs> give me some of uh, your your thoughts on last night or what we've talked about so far. Um, I, I feel like a lot of people, and you know, some of us probably included, had higher hopes. Um, hey. I chalk it but up as a like, win. But define that. Like define well, because, higher hope. Because we so kept what? hearing about we kept hearing about red wave, red this. It's gonna be it's gonna be a wipeout. Blah blah blah. Mishinami. So hearing from these people, hearing from that people. All of a sudden, you know, you, we heard. I think it was yesterday, and and you and I were talking about it before we did started doing the feed of somebody saying about fifty seven seats. It's like fifty seven. I haven't heard yeah, that one before. Five thirty eight had had fifty fifty six or fifty seven right. with Oz winning. And it's like that's. Way more than get, I think anybody expected. So I think once you get those expectations that high, it's tough to go, you know what, we got 53. Eh. But meanwhile, 53 was probably going to be the best. 53, 54 was probably going to be the best we're going to hit anyway, realistically. 
Okay, because but if we, was, get, if we had gotten, let me ask you about three specific races. If we right. had gotten Oz, Zeldin, and Dixon, Tudor in Michigan, is it a red wave? Um, possibly. It, it probably makes it a nice A-. minus. I was going to say, maybe we should just take the red wave lingo out of the whole damn thing right. and start grading it on a letter basis. So if we're a B- minus if Kerry Lake wins, are we, an, are we a B- plus or an A with those three? Uh, I would say we'd be an A with those three, B plus with Carrie Lake and the rest of her her people over there, uh, Blake Masters, and you know basically taking Arizona back. Um, that would be that would be a solid A, I think. Um, I mean, listen, Arizona being taken back is is still what's most likely on the table right now, from oh, what yeah. I can see. But so but, that's still that's still on the cards, right? But but when you look around and like you know what, okay, you know we we got control the house that's pretty obvious looks like the senate as well so that's a plus those were the things we were shooting for right okay so those are considered wins we got uh desantis showed super strong you know he had strong showings with uh, a, a lot of the people we liked around the country which was great um and dan bongino i was listening to his take on what he saw and he he had a great line for it. he said people aren't there yet and let me explain, you know, because we were all talking about it. Hey, what is it going to take for people to say, I've had enough, I've had enough, I've had enough? His, his um, take was people still aren't there yet. You know, talk about the people. How could they vote Democrat? They're not there yet. Maybe it's not hitting them directly. Maybe all these things that are happening, you know, all the border stuff. Hey, I live in, uh, I live in Ohio. It doesn't bother me. I live in Wisconsin. It doesn't bother me. Minnesota doesn't bother me. I'm not a border state. Why do I care? Right? right? It hasn't hit them yet. So people aren't there yet. But he also made the point of Rudy Giuliani in New York City, you know, when he, when he became the mayor, pointing out, remember, how many times did Rudy run for mayor in New York? It wasn't two, it was three. He lost the first time. He lost by a few points. He squeaked by the second time. And by the third time, it was a landslide, right? Because he got into power. It's basically, it's almost like a mirror. When I started looking at it like that, I'm like, it's a mirror of DeSantis. DeSantis got in by, by the hair, right? Got in by one point in Florida four years ago. He got into place, did his job, boom, landslide. Rudy got into place, did his job, boom, landslide. Is New York State maybe in the Dinkins era right now where we're like, you know, Kathy Hochul is, is our Dinkins, where people voted for her because that's a D. Um, but then after a few more years, they're going to be looking for her head. And all of a sudden, Lee Zelda's going to be like, hey, I'm still here. Let's do this. And next thing you know, he's going to get in. And maybe it's New York's state's turn to be the next New York City. Because right now, Florida looks like they're poised for at least another 15, 20 years of great stuff. Right? Repub the uh, Florida's the home base for the Republican Party. I said this last night to Steve Bannon. And I think he pretty much agreed when I said it. Florida last night was a absolute total wipeout, massive landslide for DeSantis on, on a monstrous level. We picked up four Republican seats in Florida. He won Miami-Dade by 11%. He won Palm Beach County, for crying out loud, the elitist of the <laughs> yeah. elite. Um, he won there. Uh, Rubio, he pulled Rubio way across the finish line, like with a rope and a magnet. Uh, Rubio won by 20 I, I mean, I would, you think you think about what's her name running against Rubio, 
who Biden was thinking about for a VP and she was all she was held in such high, you know, because she's a former police chief or whatever, and she's a law enforcement and solid. And I mean, Rubio crushed in, in Florida. I mean, everybody crushed in Florida. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you, you can't underplay how DeSantis won by the skin of his teeth when he went there. And he went in there and showed exactly what no-nonsense, real, true conservative governorship looks like and what an executive can do for a state. And he won going away last night, and he pulled everybody with him. Yeah, I, I, I think Carrie Lake has that opportunity in, in Arizona to be the next DeSantis. The playbook is there. You know, don't mess around with the garbage. Get to work and stand up for, for everything you believe in, and, and people will gravitate to it. They'll be like, yeah, this is a leader. This is someone we can get behind. That's why I was so, um, you know, to me, uh, the Carrie Lake thing, I think it's bigger than bumping up from a B minus to a B. I think it brings it to a B plus because Carrie Lake is the kind of brave fighter and she was a journalist. She's just got that ability to say, yeah, I voted Democrat in my youth and I know how you guys play the game. But not just that, she's been such an outspoken critic of the fraudulent and criminal elections that she will uproot the entire system. We saw what the Sanchez did right. in Florida. Yeah. That's exactly right. I said it last night. The entire landscape of Florida. That's why it's a landslide. You no one's gonna sit. I'm listen, I'm in a street guy my whole life. You know, I know hustles. I'm telling you guys flat out, in my opinion, that this the these guys have been working on the the election fraud for 20 plus years. I just they've got every nook and cranny and scam down. And they and they just overwhelm the system with BS. And it's complete nonsense to see the exit polls, to see the polls regarding how unhappy people are in general. How many people you talk to in the street who just tell you, I can't identify with this Democratic Party. It's not my father's Democratic Party. No way. How many union guys I know, street guys who are just like, I can't get behind this anymore. My union might be behind it, but none of us are voting for that nonsense. And meanwhile, everyone in Suffolk County, I mean, three different places my friends were at had mentioned that. Machines went down, problems here, problems there. New York, I know, is the most secure. And right, New York's probably the, besides Florida, of course, Democrat states wise. You know, it, it's on everywhere. And I personally just don't believe for a split second that as bad a candidate as I think Oz is and how little I like him, if that state is as de um, <laughs> ridden as it is, if it's as Democratic as they say, they had a D who was a household doctor in their home every day that part of Harpo Productions and Oprah and Joy and you get a cat uh, car and you get a prize and you get a gift. And this guy is in the same vein as that. And now he gets to go against a vegetable for the lack of better terms. I'm sorry. This guy couldn't put together a coherent sentence before his stroke. A criminal before his stroke. You got to remember something, loses, though. The only, the only thing I'll say, Paul, though, the only thing I'll say about Pennsylvania is the early voting mail-in ballots in Pennsylvania, the Republican, the Republican Party's got to figure out what they're going to do. These people vote for five damn weeks before they saw Fetterman open his mouth in that debate. They, five weeks they had voted for before Fetterman even opened his mouth. The yeah, early Paul. voting killed them in, in Pennsylvania, and the abortion issue was more of an issue than we well, thought. So all right, more of this when we get back.
live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday. Talking about last night and recapping where we think we are. And I listen, I mean, I, I think kind of what we said is you knew nothing else and you knew that we took both the House and the Senate, which is still a path for the Senate to happen in the House. I think it looks like for sure we're going to take. I think you'd think it was a pretty okay night, maybe not great. Uh, and I'll give you some other, let's give you some other thoughts on where we are, uh, some some good stuff I read today. But let's talk. So we talked about Florida, which obviously has to be the highlight of the night. I mean, what's going on in Florida um, is a model for Republicans to use all over the country, obviously, in many ways. Um, I mean, DeSantis represents basically the most antithetical to what the Democrats want to do to this country. He is the biggest pushback, obviously, other than President Trump as well. But as far as a governor, executive, someone on the ballot yesterday, I mean, he's the one to point to. But I have to say, the other very surprising and very encouraging, now not obviously on the governorship level, it's a disappointment that Lee Zelda didn't get there. But you have to look at what happened in New York yesterday, and it is it would be hard to argue against the idea that New York really moved somewhat right yesterday. Lee Zeldin, 47.2% of the vote against Kathy Hochul in a, in, a, in a state where the Democrats outnumber Republicans. I don't even know what the number is, but it's, it's outrageous, whatever the number is. 47.2% for Zeldin. He pulled Republicans over the finish line in this state. Yeah. The, the, the Republican move in the state, a clean sweep of all four Long Island House seats, the guy Maloney, Mr. Chef Boyardee, who's head of the triple D, triple C, he <laughs> lost. <laughs> I mean, look at the seats we picked up in New York. Now, obviously, the top of the ticket is a disappointment. And, and Zeldin's a great, would have been a great governor. But but I go back to what I started the show with. There's obviously a lot of people in New York that don't have a problem with the crime, don't have a problem with being nervous to ride the subway, don't have a problem with what's going on in the city, and they're just going to vote D no matter what. There's no other explanation. They don't have a problem with the over taxation, the over regulation, the you know uh, trying to take your your rights away, your liberties away in the state of New York. They obviously there's enough people who don't have any problem with that because they buy into the utopia utopia of tomorrow. What tomorrow's? What are they selling me for tomorrow? And and, and there's too many people that buy into that. In New York, we always knew it was an uphill climb for Zeldin. You know, listen, maybe we bought into the hype, the media numbers a little too much as well. Um, and listen, David Zier ended up being right because when he came on this, the show last night, he was given numbers that I wasn't seeing. I saw he was going to carry Staten Island at that time. This was early on in the night. I saw that the, he was getting, he had crossed the 30% threshold in the five boroughs at the time. And David Zier was on site at Zeldin headquarters, and he said, "I think this is a rough night for him because it's been much tougher than you know. I don't, I don't see this happening." And I, at the, at the time, I didn't agree with him because I was seeing different things. But he ended up being right. I was, and I was not wrong, but I just, I was not. He was, he had it really nailed a lot earlier than I, I did. Um, so, Slick Rick, let me bring you in here. Yep. Doug Smith cruised to victory. Our friend Doug Smith almost got to 70%, 68, I think it was the final number. or Maybe it was 70. I don't know, something close to that. Friend of the show. Obviously. Um, again, I think it's hard to argue that New York didn't take a step to the right and isn't, isn't, part, and isn't a huge 
I mean, Patriots in New York really stepped out last night. I mean, it's one of the reasons we're going to have a majority in the House. You look at what happened in New York. I mean, so so give me your final thoughts. I know you're disappointed about Zeldin. I tried to talk you off the ledge before yeah. about the whole picture. <laughs> so, but. so, you know, we were looking for a red wave. To me, it was more like a red wake. You know, like when a jet ski goes by and you get a little ripple. So I'll take that as a positive, a red wake, but uh, not a wake like a funeral. And uh, But un unfortunately, you know, Lee did come close. D big D, a little over 300,000 votes in New York. You really trust all those votes in the inner city? And I'm not going to be an election denier, but you know what? Boy, it's easy to Why slip not? a few votes in for that. I'm sorry. I don't. I'm not. I'm not buying that Lee lost. I. I, I, I mean, so see, many and people. I, and I think just the opposite. I think the fact that he was that close in New York with the with the numbers, how they outweigh Democrats to Republicans, it, that in itself is a sign of how close he actually was. I think a lot of moderates were voting for Lee too. They're sick of the crime. They're sick of the everything that's going on in New York. We ad nauseum we've went over this. I'm not going to rehash that. But I'll tell you. I'd, I'd like to see Lee take another crack in four years at her. I really would. I hope he hangs in there and does something. But, yeah, it was great. Nick LaHoda won uh, in District 1. District 2 was uh, Andrew Garbarino. I know, hey, listen, he had $3 million for my community for sewers. So I was happy to see him win regardless of how folks feel about him. It was good for me locally. I mean, but listen, even Schumer, I know you can say, okay, Schumer won. Schumer won by 13 percentage points. That is Schumer should win by 50. That's true. He won by 13. He won by... 600,000 votes over Joe Pinion, who, who people were like, who is Joe Pinion? <laughs> yeah, he didn't get any help in the state. Right. He didn't get any help from anybody. Schumer won, only won 56 to 43. I mean, I know it's not a win, but you have to kind of look through, you know what I'm saying? You got to kind of look through the, uh, yeah. I mean, that's not, that's not a, that's not a slam dunk win for, for the, for the leader in the damn Senate for the democratic party in New York. <laughs> Well, we didn't get the big prize, Big D, but you're right. We picked up a lot of seats. New York did do the right thing in a lot of other ways. So, yeah, we are happy about that. They take some solace. But, you know, obviously, it's looking at that governor race and then, of course, moving over to some of the other races. That, that's what really got me in a tiz. And I was annoyed last night, and I really still can't – I can't give it a B plus, B minus. I'm still sitting at about a D for this for, for last night. That's how I just how I feel. Now, if Herschel could pull it out over Warnock, and you guys were telling me earlier he's going to win this, so I, I'm with you guys, and I'll bet on that. If Herschel could pull it out, I'll feel a little bit better. Maybe I'll give it a C minus last night, but that's the best I'm going. Okay. All right, do you have any sports while we're while we're uh, talking to you? Well, sure. I mean, I, let me jump back to that big D. I got a great story. Speaking of Herschel, ESPN News Services, Herschel Walker, Raphael Warnock head to Georgia runoff, Atlanta. Democratic Senator Raphael Warnock and Republican challenger Herschel Walker will meet in a December 6th runoff. That's the date. Mark your calendars in Georgia uh, after now they reached the general election majority required under state law. Walker had a storied career at the University of Georgia from 1980 to 82. He led the Bulldogs to an undefeated record and national championship in 1980. In 1982, he won the Heisman Trophy. Georgia went 34 and 5 in his three seasons. So he brought a lot of shine to that, 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 that community. Let me tell you, Georgia, they, they, Herschel is one of their favorite sons, which is really why I thought he had it. But, you know, sports isn't everything, as we know. But after Stinton the USFL. Walker played uh, for more than a decade in the NFL, making two Pro Bowls. But it's more than just football that voters are paying attention to. Walker's rocky pass came under scrutiny during the campaign and will again in the four-week blitz up to the runoff. Republicans, meanwhile, are hammering Warnock over inflation during the Democratic administration. Depending on the outcomes in the other Senate contest, this could reprise the 2020 election cycle when two Senate runoffs in Georgia doubled as a national winner-take-all battle for Senate control. Victories from Warnock and Senator John 
John Ossoff, uh, Democrat from Georgia, left the chamber divided 50-50 between the two major parties with Vice President Kamala Harris giving Democrats the tie-breaking vote. But we know that's obviously changed and we won't be dealing with Kamala making any uh, decisions. Thank the good Lord for that. I'll take solace in that big day. So that's from ESPN. One well, we got to get there in the Senate first. I mean, if it ended up 50-50, then she still would be, obviously. But, I mean, you know, I, I talked about those two Senate races that we lost back in 20, uh, January of 21 and those two runoffs that uh, McConnell didn't get behind. Nope. And um, we had people telling Republicans not to come out and vote. You had the crazy, uh, the crazy lawyer running around there who everybody told me wasn't crazy. Um, and, you know, it was those two Senate seats I said last night that really allowed Joe Biden to be as radical and as progressive as he's been and get us to where we are. And, not, you know, I, I debated whether those two seats, obviously, last night, if it was a, a wipeout, would be the, one of the main reasons. Yep. Because those two seats, them winning those two seats is what's allowed them to get uh, this socialistic Marxist agenda, <laughs> a lot of it, you know, through. Um, so this runoff, I think, is going to be different. And, and I, I'll say it again. I don't know that it's a good idea or whatever, but it's my, but it's what I think we should do. I'd love to see the governor who was up here for Lee Zeldin, and I'd love to see the president get together, and I'd love to see Kevin McCarthy, and I'd love to see McConnell and the Republican and uh, Rona McDaniel try to figure out what the hell they're doing and get behind him right away because he can win this. Obviously, you see how close it is. You take away the uh, third party there, Couple percentage points, two, two, three percentage points, whatever it is, and Herschel can take this race. So yeah, well, let's hope. Yeah, let's hope. We're praying for that. I mean, it is Georgia. We've seen the shenanigans in Georgia before. Yeah, I mean, it's Georgia, Pennsylvania, it, Arizona. It's, right, right, but I, right, but I mean, at this point, that's not going to win. That's not going to. I mean. That we are where we are, right? I mean, right. that's we could we could talk about possible this, and every every time we go to the polls, we can have these discussions about where we think and what the history has been. But it ain't going to help us on Jan on December, whatever there's this runoff's going to be. Yeah, yeah. Well, it has to be about turnout. You got to get people there, and that means, like you said, you know, getting all the all the names to to say, okay, let's get on this now, and not you know, kind of dink around with it around the edges like oh do i want to get involved no everybody it's it's like an all hands on deck calling all cars moment right uh yeah absolutely um and by the way where we are right now in arizona speaking of um another place that obviously has had some election issues and continues to continues to display just an embarrassing level of incompetence um florida counts seven eight million votes in about five hours <laughs> Arizona's got about two million to count, and it takes them a week. I mean, just someone please explain that to me. Well, not not only that, you know what's crazy is that it's not even the entire state; it's Maricopa County, for the most part. It's Mar it's one county. Florida, which has twenty two million people in it, can do it in a day. Um, Maricopa County in Arizona needs a week. Come on. One of the more wealthy counties, by the way, in the country. So you can't tell me that they can't do it. It's just they don't want to do it right. or they're just, you know. Uh, so here's where we are. Mark Kelly right now. And this is, again, uh, updated as of uh, 841. So it's up to date. Uh, Mark Kelly, 945,620 votes. Blake Masters, 857,662. So it's 51.3 percent. 
to 46.5% with 67% of the votes in. But again, um, listening to Charlie Kirk and the guys, the, the drops that are coming, where they're coming from, are going to heavily favor Blake Masters and, and Kerry Lake. And speaking of the Kerry Lake race, <clears throat> it's an eight. It's less than 8,000 votes right now. Katie Hobbs, 920,717, 912,000 for Kerry Lake, 50 to 49.78. So, I mean, you're under 8,000 votes there. Again, only 67% of the votes in. So when I was listening to Charlie and the boys do the calculations on what they think the net votes are going to be for some of these drops coming up, it's, you know, it's like 100,000 plus that should go into the Lake column when you when you it was at about a 70 to 30 split i think they were saying um which is you know and i think the overall consensus is that once she takes the lead she's not going to there's no scenario where she gives it back and and people may have more updated numbers than what i have here in front of me again this is just this is from the times last updated you know it's updating by the minute so i don't think we get another drop till the morning uh, in Arizona, but I, I think Kerry Lake right now is in very good shape um, to to take this race, and I and I think Blake Masters still probably has a um, has a path to that Senate seat. Yeah, and just to put a, a quick bow on this for you, Damon, uh, for Pennsylvania voters, just so just so you know, keep this in the back of your mind. Democrat state representative who died last month won his race with eighty five percent of the vote. Good God, Pennsylvania. Oh, man. Live from Studio 6B. More um, election stuff when we get back on a Wednesday night right after this. America's Voice. Boys are all here. Geo Fran holding it down as always as well. Streaming on Getter. I saw somebody on Getter. Uh, let me go back here, see if I can find it. Said that there may you know, be a drop in Arizona tonight. I got, yeah, I just saw it here. It's uh, the Rusty Halo. Mm -hmm. Arizona time, 9 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. They may, we may get a, a drop in Arizona tonight. So I guess we'll keep an eye out for that if that's, uh, if that's the case. What did you say, Epic Paul? Epic Times is, is saying it's under 4,100 votes now uh, separating them. That's from Epic Times. Okay. So, so it's even less than I had. Yeah, that's even less than I had. So they had some more updated numbers. Um, so I, I, I'm assuming this is real. I just saw this come across my uh, social media feed in front of me. Uh, President Trump just put on Truth Social. Now that the election in Florida is over, and everything went, someone go to Truth Social and tell me if this is real. I'm going there now. Now that the election in Florida is over and everything went quite well, shouldn't it be said that in 2020, I got 1.1 million more votes in Florida than Ron D got this year, 5.7 million to 4.6 million, just asking. <laughs> and, and I'm just asking why. What comes to that? Why? 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 What what good comes of that? These well, are the because, because because everybody's willing to throw the baby out with the bathwater like, oh, it's going to be DeSantis. You're hearing it across. They all want DeSantis now. 
all all big media is like DeSantis, DeSantis, DeSantis. We can't do Trump. What about the power uh, okay, of silence? I mean, everybody could write. Everybody could write in telling me they want Rick Emirati to be the host of the show and they want me to do entertainment news on the Kardashians. <laughs> I'm not going to have that thin a skin to say to start putting tweets out about it. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, okay, I'm glad. I'm glad you feel that way. What, what, what good does it do me to start trashing Emirati? Nothing. Zero. Nada. Zilch. I mean, I just, I just don't, don't get, get it. it. I don't get it. What's I don't get it. it. It just it feeds to our <laughs> it feeds the argument to the people in in the Republican Party and in the media and in the conservative movement that say this is the kind of behavior that everybody wants to move on from. Are we sure I don't I don't want to move on from it. By the way, let me just state that. But but there's enough people out there, and these are the things that they point to. I just don't get it. So it's definitely true that that that. That truth or tweet is out there. Did you go on to it, Rick? Is it there? Uh, I'm looking for it right now. So what was the, guys, I didn't get the, uh, I didn't get to discuss it or read much about it. What was with the Ron DeSantimonious, uh, the sanctimonious comment? Uh, put that right in the same column. No idea. Is, I mean, no this idea. is the frust this is my frustration. It's just not tactically smart. I just don't get it. It just reeks of. And I know this is not the case, but it just reeks of like you feel insecurity. like intimidated or desperate or insecure it about like it comes insecure. I hope like the guy comes not the next drive. generation. Like, what is it? Like, I don't I don't know why. I, I don't I don't get it. Maybe somebody else does. And they think I'm out of my mind. If you do, let us know in the chat. I'll watch. Uh, Al DeRoyal yep, says, it's I'm wondering there. why Trump is saying that. Or is he talking about the number of votes? Yeah, well, he is talking about the number of votes, but he's pointing out that he got a million more. Oh, look at me. I mean, uh, go ahead, Rick. Is it there? Yeah, it's definitely there. He posted it about four hours ago. Uh, right underneath it is a posting that says, while in certain ways yesterday's election was somewhat disappointing from my personal standpoint, it was a big victory. 219 wins and 16 losses in general. Uh, who has ever done better than that? And again, that goes back to this whole thing that you see popping up uh, across mainstream media. Oh, it's time to move on from Trump and bring in DeSantis. And again, I make the argument why they're just going to paint DeSantis as Trump. They're going to say, oh, it's, it's Trump's guy. Uh, you know, and so if, if you're going to paint somebody as Trump who's not Trump, why not just have Trump? At least he's <laughs> done it said, before. He's proven he can Trump win. Is President Trump is tired and maybe babbling. <laughs> um, so, I just well, don't like so, the look whatsoever. I, I cannot stand more tactical decisions. I just, I just don't so understand it. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, no, I, I, I don't understand it either. I, I just, I don't understand it. Like, look at me, look at me, look at me. We, you don't, why, why? We don't need your resume. We don't. We know who you are. Do you? We know you're at the top of the mountain still. Right. right, you we made know. the MAGA movement real. You exactly. woke up the planet to all the corruption. You should be you should be holding your head up high that you're the godfather of this like constitutional populist movement. I, I, he should never be insecure. It's very frustrating to me if that's what this is coming across as. I, I hope. I, I just I'm sure that's that, not that's not the case that he is, but that's what it comes yeah, across I, as. Yeah, Obviously, he's not insecure like at all. No, <laughs> that's not a word no. you would ever associate with him. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. Uh, Daniel Horowitz today in the in the blaze, understanding DeSantis' shocking election results in the red state revolution that we need. This is a 
everything I'm going to give you tonight is some representation of things that partly I believe in, fully agree with, or maybe not agree with. And I want to want you to get your take because it's a different different view of what happened last night. He says um, there are three political parties in America: Republicans, Democrats, and Ron DeSantis. Democrats are extremely unpopular, but we're somehow nonetheless able to defeat Republicans morally, if not tactically, just what you're talking about, Paul, who are essentially a controlled opposition. Democrats won big given the circumstances, but at the same time, Ron DeSantis, who is the most antithetical to what Democrats stand for, won big as well. So what gives? There is no way to sugarcoat the GOP crap show that was this election last night. Republicans began this election season first in goal at the Democrats end zone with a 50-50 Senate and 212 seats in the House. Even a traditional modest midterm gain against the incumbent president, even with a good economy, should have been enough to flip both chambers. Add to it the fact that the economy, crime, tyranny, border invasion and inflation have never been worse. There was so much malaise in America and all the polls showed the GOP winning on every major issue. And we had the makings of a wave that should have swamped the GOP waves of 2010 and 1994. Oh, and back then you had Democrat presidents who were charismatic and personally popular as opposed to the deeply unpopular Joe Biden. Yet Republicans were essentially beaten by Joe Biden and John Fetterman to a draw even though thanks to reappointments, Republicans might narrowly control the House and possibly have a pathway to the Senate. When the historic results came pouring in in Florida, quicker than any other state, by the way, showing a Democrat bloodbath, we all thought that it was a harbinger for what to come the rest of the night, but that bloodbath never came. And to the extent it did, it was the other way around. Again, I don't necessarily agree with all this, but I'm just giving you a different point of view. Yeah. Republicans lost legislative chambers in Minnesota. They lost legislative chamber in New Hampshire and in Michigan, while the polls undersold the Democrat performance in almost every other state. They also undersold DeSantis' already dominant position heading into election day in Florida. DeSantis successfully made himself almost like a new political party. And indeed, if you follow his views on the issues, there is a greater gulf between him and most prominent Republicans than between Republicans and Democrats, and therein lies the problem. While it is puzzling that voters would choose Democrats given the state of the economy and security, let's face it, Republicans barely disagree with Democrats on most issues. For most Republicans, it's, it's as if COVID has never happened. Aside from a few throwaway lines, most Republicans never ran on the full extent of the problems with biomedical tyranny. Instead, they allowed Democrats to outflank them on my body, my choice, which should have been our message for taking in a post-COVID world. On Ukraine and foreign policy in general, there's barely any difference between the parties. Even as they ran strong on crime and illegal immigration, for the most recent history, Republicans were for comprehensive, quote unquote, immigration reform and quote unquote, criminal justice reform only opting to superficially take the other side as an easy election talking point. The Republicans have no vision and they stand for nothing. They produce nothing of the quality of Newt Gingrich's contract with America. I'll finish this when we get back.
Magpie Live for Studio 6B on a Wednesday night. Hour two, man, that was a quick first hour. Yeah, no doubt. I was expecting just to come back with music there, and then you rolled the intro. I said, oh, my God, it's hour two already. Uh, all the boys are here. Glad you're in. Uh, Geo Fran holding it down, as always. A recap of the election night that was last night, obviously. Uh, talking about right now uh, the governor of Florida, who really separated himself from the pack in many ways last night. Uh, Getter chats fired up as always. Someone said, "Damon, stop bashing Trump." <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> uh, okay, I don't, I don't think that's what I'm doing. But um, again, if if you're somebody who every time his his name is mentioned and it's not, ah, uh, then you know <laughs> you probably it's not me who probably has the problem. But uh, that's just me. Um, you know what's funny so about getting, that article that you were reading? Yeah. Um. I feel like I feel like I've heard that article read before, or I've seen that article written before. Yeah. Oh, that's right. When when they wrote it about Trump, saying there's Republicans, there's Democrats, and then there's Trump has his own political party. I feel like that's the same exact. It, it's it's not anything new. You know what I mean? Um. Yeah. Well, I'm mean, listen. I mean, I think it's undeniable that the same traits we love about Trump. And that and that won him in 2016 uh, are a lot of the same traits we all see in the in the governor. The no nonsense. I'm not going to take any. I'm not going to take any bull. I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to be uh, loyal to the Constitution. I'm going to be loyal to common sense. I'm going to run on on what I think is right. I'm not going to be handled by weak GOP um, opposition. Um, all this, all the same stuff. I'm not gonna. I'm certainly not gonna take any crap from the media. I'm gonna tell the. You know. I mean, right. they're 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 very similar when it comes to those things. Very very similar. Yeah, um, and just, so just, just to finish. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just saying it's just interesting to you know if you just flip out the name, it's what they were talking about you know three four years ago. Yeah. Absolutely, but I think I think really since since 2020, since you know, I think the governor really has separated himself as COVID really came. So you have to, you know, I'm kind of looking right. at this since Trump left office. So yes, you can make the comparison on the two overall, the way they govern, the way they deal with the media, the the way they think and and act, and as an executive, um, their experiences doing that, running things, business, government, the whole thing. But really, since COVID. The way DeSantis has, I saw someone in the chat, just to bring it forward to now, someone in the chat said, what happened to the DOJ poll? You know, DOJ sent all these, tried to meddle in this election, tried to send all these poll watchers. Well, I can tell you one place I have no idea what happened because I don't think they ever made it there was in Florida. You know why? Because he had his attorney general or whoever it was write a, a, a letter that you couldn't, I mean, it was so vicious and basically giving them two middle fingers and saying, you're not coming here, pal. This it's against federal, it's against Florida law. And 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 I mean, just a curb stomping type of letter. So they didn't, I don't know that they ever made it to Florida. I don't yeah. know if they went anywhere else. I, I never really heard too much about it yesterday, honestly. Um, but again, just to finish this on DeSantis. Because when you look around, he says a few a few GOP candidates here and there did run on something other than weak GOP controlled messaging, but they get swept away in the negative perception voters have of the of the GOP party. Only DeSantis, with four years of internationally recognized, distinctively effective governance, particularly on the issue of our time, did the voters treat as a standalone entity yesterday. He was able to win the suburbs, 
and even some urban areas. In other words, Ron DeSantis is the control group that exposes the GOP as a controlled opposition. He demonstrated, by the way, not in a Wyoming or an Idaho, but in a former swing state. A swing state that could have, you could say would red some years, blue some years, that you can win over a supermajority governing coalition with sincere America first Trump-like policies that speaks to the people's concerns and even changes their pre-existing views by offering them something different from what the two pathetic parties are offering. This is how Republicans were able to lose the legislature in Michigan for the first time since 1983, but pick up supermajorities in Florida. The problem with the Republican Party is not Trump. Although it's hard to see his style and mix of style and inconsistent messaging and weak policies and personnel being the winning formula going forward, but we'll see. The conservative movement has a Republican Party and a Fox News problem. Conservatives incur all the liabilities of those institutions without any policy or civilization benefit. How much longer are we gonna be conservative souls trapped in the containment GOP body servicing Republicans WWE style fake fights with Democrats as they ensure the latter come out victorious on policy and now even electorally? The answer is to have DeSantis run for president, right? Well, while it's hard to stand opposed to that proposition and there is certainly nobody else on the horizon who sports this mix of policy benefits and electoral appeal, Focusing on the presidential election is the wrong takeaway from DeSantis's stunning victory. It's the Fox News mindset of soap opera politicking as an end to itself. It's not even clear that anyone can win with the country so brainwashed and the elections designed for Democrat mail-in shenanigans in all the right states. Moreover, the blue states have become like France and the federal government is irredeemably broken. Is, is it even worth trying to fix and trying to govern over people who will never accept us in the long run? The question everyone should be asking this morning, however, is if half the states are reliably red as the blue ones are blue, how come we don't have leaders who govern like DeSantis in every one of those states? Why would the country look like, what would the country look like if the governors of Oklahoma, North Dakota, Alabama, Wyoming, Arkansas, Missouri, and Idaho governed like DeSantis rather than a bunch of WEF inspired technocrats? What would happen if every supermajority red state governor used the machinery of state government to change the economics, the culture, the legal structure, the policies of the states the way Florida has done? What if every red county government school board and health department reflected the values of the local people rather than the elites as they currently do in most states aside from Florida. So just a little bit on Florida last night in DeSantis and, and really how he has separated himself. Yeah. And listen, I, I don't I don't not sitting here anointing him that to be the one that should run over Trump or Trump should run over him or the two of them should run against each other. If that's what happens, that's what happens. But I, I, you know, but it is undeniable that he is at the tip of the spear for what we need to see in this Republican Party going forward. Yeah, yes, exactly. No, no. no yeah. I mean, yeah, that's what you want more of. That's what we need more of across the country. And it, it again, it's something that, you know, we've talked about. I know we've talked about a lot how these people get, they get elected 
with all these promises. Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, and then they they go they go right into Mitch McConnell's pocket. They go right into uh, you know whoever whoever's in charge of them gets right into their pocket and be like, oh yeah, we'll do it. We'll we'll keep keep the good old boys club going because that's how they all get rich. They don't want to rock the boat. And, and you know you 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 saw it first with uh, with Trump, and then you see it with DeSantis of, of two guys that go. Um, I don't care about this boat. Uh, we're going to rock it like crazy because that's what it needs. You know, I mean, you talk about COVID. I mean, that's a great example of you could probably name five, five national uh, elected figures that came out aggressive against the lockdowns of COVID. Why? Because most of them didn't want to rock the boat. Oh, I don't want to go there. You know, you had DeSantis, you had uh, it's, it's, Rand Paul. It's actually worse than that. It's not even that they didn't want to go there. It's they mostly agreed with what the Democrats right. were pushing as well. They wanted but, to lock down too. I mean, exactly. that's, that's the problem. It, it, that that that's the whole idea is that is that most of them are are either Democrats or Democrat light, right? That's it. That yeah. those are your two choices. The illusion of choice, as George Carlin would put it. Um, you know, you think you're getting oh we got we got two parties. You you got this. You got that. You really don't have any choice. It's unfortunate, but that once they get into that into that group, they want to stay in that group. Nobody wants to get kicked out of that group. They love being in that group because that's where that's where you know all, all the prestige and all the money and all, oh, I get to go to this dinner. I get to talk to these people. I get to do. I'm rubbing it. I'm rubbing elbows. I'm sending my kids to the nicest schools. You know, whatever. I'll see I mean, you in think, four years I, when I need your vote. I mean, I think the real point that he makes is you know. The Democrats are never going to crack the red states. The red states seemingly are never going to crack the blue states. Um, but almost all of them aren't red in their pure sense because the Republicans are frauds. And he says, before we ask how to beat the Democrats, growing juggernaut in formerly swing states, why are we not asking? Why don't we have a DeSantis in every state with a GOP supermajority in the legislatures? So, and I and I think that's a valid question. It's one we've talked about. Kate Ivey in Alabama. I know she won again I, last night. Someone told me she won, and I went, ugh. And then some, somebody said, why did you say, oh, about Kate Abbey? She's in Alabama. She stinks. That's why. She governs like a Democrat when the issues, when the tough issues came on code. She was no different than Cuomo was in New York. I mean, maybe a little bit, but she was no different. Guy in Ohio, no different. The wine, he sucks. <laughs> so, I mean, and that's the problem with the Republican Party. And I, by the way, do you remember when we talked about CPAC? And I said, okay, it's all nice and well, and everybody gets together and has a great time, and they do all these wonderful speeches. And I, and I like CPAC. It's fun to go to and hang out and party and never say hi to everybody and see some great people in interviews. But you leave there. What the hell are the actionable items when you leave there for the Republican Party, for the conservative movement? I have no idea. No idea what they are. It's just one big self-promotion. Everybody comes and gives it. And again, I'm not, I like CPAC. I like Match Lap. I like what they do. It's a great time. You know, it gets people fired up. But I, but I, I, you know, this year, I don't know what the actionable items were. I don't know what, what people left there saying we had to do. So, you know, I think the Republicans got a lot of soul searching to do. Although I'll say, you know, if you're going to look at last night, Maybe the way to look at it is this is the first step, and maybe the red wave is supposed to happen in 24. And maybe maybe we were just really early to the we were early to the game, made our made our first steps. Of course, we got to we got to see something here. 
We're going to get two more years of this moron and these and and pretty much gridlock. Thank God, we can at least put a tourniquet on the bleeding for the country. And listen, we talked about it last night. We're 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 within sixty. We could be looking at sixty votes, sixty seats in the Senate, given what seats are available come twenty four. Yeah, you can do the math. So maybe the wipeout comes in twenty four, and hallelujah for that if it does. But um, well, I was having this conversation at home last night. You know, the girl was asking me what happened. What happened? Or actually, she asked me today what happened. I'm like, well, if you think this is all getting fixed in one election, you're you're nuts. But what did happen was a great step forward. The, the, the challenge now is to keep that momentum going and progress to the next step. Like you said, okay, we got a shot at 60. If we get to 58, we're almost there. What's the next one after that? And you keep, and you keep building. You know, the Democrats didn't get entrenched in all these places that they're entrenched in one election cycle. It took them a long time. So it's taking a little bit of time to root them all out. Yeah. All right, so we'll do some sports. We'll do some other news when we get back. We'll see what's going on. We'll check in with the Getter audience. We'll get some feedback. On, see a lot of it coming in already about uh, what you think about last night and what we've been talking about. We'll get to that. We'll get a check on the numbers. All when we get back, live from Studio 6B on a Wednesday. Studio 6B on a Wednesday night. Let's uh, let's move on to a couple other things. We'll get back to some election stuff. But let's do some sports. Sports is brought to you by our friend Mike Lindell. MyPillow, MyPillow.com. Use our code LFS6B at checkout. Great stuff from Lindell. I saw him all over last night as well. Uh, you go to MyPillow or MyStore.com. Grab your stuff for the holidays or whatever you need it for. Use our code LFS6B at checkout. Uh, what's going on, Slick Rick? All right, Big D. Uh, no rodeo action since the fifth. The only other rodeo action we had was last night, and, you know, that was that. But um, we're going to get some NBA scores right now real quick. Trailblazers over the Hornets, 101-93, 2.30 to go in the fourth. And Nuggets leading the paces, 117-114. Uh, Hawks over the Jazz, 92-90, also in the fourth. Celtics lead the Pistons, 86-76 in the third. And the Nets knocking out the Knicks, 84-64, 4.31 to go in the third. But, you know, it's a game of runs. Knicks could come back, but down 20 late in the third, not looking good. NHL action hit the ice. Uh, right now, the Panthers all over the Hurricanes, two zip, nine, to, nine minutes to go in the third. Canadians taking on the Canucks, up 4 nothing. That's 2.38 to go in the second. The Penguins from Pittsburgh, Ugh. Up 3 nothing over Washington Capitals. How perfect. Pittsburgh's playing Washington. Home run. Three zip at the end of two. And the Wild and Ducks. Well, they're going to get wild at 10 o'clock out west in Anaheim. And let's go over. Well, Brittany Griner, she's in the news again. WNBA star Brittany Griner transferred to Russian forced labor camp. Brittany Griner was arrested in February for allegedly bringing cannabis oil through a Moscow airport. This is from Andrea Vasciano of Fox News. WNBA star Brittany Griner has been moved to a Russian forced labor camp nearly nine months after the basketball player was arrested in Russia for the possession of cannabis oil. The development is the latest update that Griner's appeal for her nine-year sentence was denied by a Russian court last month. The White House released a statement early Wednesday morning con uh, condemning the move. Listen up now, guys. Every minute that Brittany Griner must endure wrongful detention in Russia is a minute too long. 
White House Press Secretary Canon Jean-Pierre said in the statement, as the administration as the administration continues to Yes, the mustard. Put the mustard on the relish. As the administration continues to work tirelessly to secure her release, the president has directed the administration to prevail on her Russian captives to improve her treatment and the conditions she may be forced to endure in a penal colony, the statement continued. The only prevails that the president is using is the ones he wears. Uh, and the U.S. government is unwavering in its commitment to its uh, work on behalf of Britney and other Americans detained in Russia, including fellow wrongful detainee Paul Whelan. This is from Jean-Pierre. Uh, she concluded, a grinder will face harsh conditions in the forced labor camp, and it will be difficult for her family to contact her or even know her exact location, Big Day. According to her agent, Lindsay uh, Collis, Griner's team is in close contact with the U.S. government and the Richardson Center, an organization that works to release American detainees. My only hope is that she has the opportunity to make a nice pair of shoes for LeBron James, because, you know, LeBron said yesterday, as well. I'm not even running this story, but he said that in, in support of Raphael Warnock that we are oppressed. This is LeBron, a billionaire athlete, talking about he's oppressed. Rick, you like that story? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Big D, that's a wrap in sports. I have a little bit more later coming up, but uh, it's wrap in sports for now. I mean, he's a first class jackass, LeBron yeah. James. I mean, please. I mean, we love these athletes worth billions of dollars. Nowhere else could they do that, and they're telling us they're oppressed. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. From which one of his ten houses, by the way? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was, that was a story. Right, so you have a coal miner who's going to be out of a job, who's going to die at the age of fifty-nine. You know. Yeah. He's busting his butt for thirty-one grand a year, and his health insurance doesn't cover you know lung smoke inhalation. And what these people are so detached from reality. So. All right, let's do some news, Paul Nolan, since you took over after sports. Uh, uh, let's do uh, what else is going on in the news besides election stuff. I mean, guess, I guess mainly that's what's in the news, right? Well, there's, there's, no, there's some, well, yeah, there's quite a bit of it. And, you know, uh, to me, I just wanted to touch on this. San Francisco's top prosecutor confirmed Wednesday her office will not, not release police body cam footage or 911 calls from the alleged Paul Pelosi attack uh, last week. And authorities said that David the wow, shocked by that. Really? We're all completely stunned. Um, you know, they, they said that uh, uh, when the press released, um, you know, more evidence about the case, the San Francisco District Attorney Brooke Jenkins told NBC News that her office will not release it. Um, sure. When asked if they will, I bet release Nancy's it got it with post. her watching. It, I bet Nancy's got it with her now, watching it on the plane to uh, Egypt or wherever the hell she's going for the. Uh, <laughs> Maybe she's reviewing it first, then they'll release it. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Yeah, Jenkins replied, not at this time. We're going to find out today the speed at which this case will proceed once uh, he's arraigned. We'll make the decision about the evidence and what gets played in court during any hearings or during the trial. Sure. So the court of public opinion can't get involved here like in every other case against somebody with an R next to him? Fair enough. You so, know, um, you you know the fix is in here when he's charged on the state level and on the federal level. So obviously the feds ran in here to throw some, because usually you know you get charged on a state. You know there's there's a lot more um, there's a lot more a lot of things they can do on the state level as far as charging him that they could have done. But you notice the feds ran in to put federal charges on it as quickly as they could too, oh, even yeah, though the state had already blocked everything. Because what, you know why? Because they but on they the state charges, they probably would have had to let him get out on bail. And then they were afraid he's probably <laughs> going to go probably do a, an, an interview with somebody. So the feds yeah, came in and said, oh, yeah, no. 
Yeah, can't, can't, can't let him go on the uh, thirty-five bucks a pop and <laughs> get rich fast. Right, can't can't let him go on the Joe Rogan podcast and talk about uh, what he and uh, Papa Pauly were doing at two thirty exactly. in the morning in their exactly. Undies. Yeah, like so someone's we- trying to escape. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, Paul, hey, it's, Paul. It's, it's inexplicable that there's federal charges on top of the state charges in this. I mean, it's you don't really ever see that. Yeah, I mean, maybe you do. I'm not. I mean, who knows? Maybe I'm well, an idiot. But no, it just seems a little. No, seems you're weird. Da- Damon. You're you're on the right track. Your your spidey sense is correct. Usually, yeah. the the federal charges don't come in until after the state gets done with their charges. Like you've seen, people get charged and they get convicted of a crime. Then they're sent over for the federal side, or if they get put, or if they get uh, found not guilty, then this, then the feds can come in and charge them and, and really, you know, kind of go after them. Uh, yeah, not here. But, right, exactly. They just got a little thing. I don't know if Paul caught this yesterday. We were talking about it yesterday during the uh, election coverage. How Nancy may have slipped up a little bit, Paulie. She may have slipped up when she was talking to Anderson Cooper. She somehow, oh, towards, she towards the end of a clip where she was talking about, he, he asked, Anderson asked her if they had a chance to talk about, you know, the incident yet. And she says, no, we have not. And, you know, she said some other stuff, but right towards the end of the clip, she goes, you know, it was very, very disturbing. Blah, blah, blah. The man was in the room and the clip ends. Right. <laughs> it, did you, 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 yeah. So Nancy basically put this guy in their bedroom. And, where right. no other and he report was wearing my underwear was right. even more strange. <laughs> where, where no other report had put him upstairs in the house. It was that Paul Pelosi was awoken, went downstairs, and confronted the guy. Cooper's so. like, do tell. I thought they had said that he made him get out of bed or something. No, they said he got. I, I, up. I said that to Rick last night. He, he I, I thought the same thing, G. The the report I heard was he got up because he heard something, and that's why he was in his underwear. <laughs> I heard my love of making a sandwich at three in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anything else um, in the news, Paul? Yeah, there's quite a bit here, but I, I just want to give you a quick hit here. Maybe, we'll get, I, I, maybe on the side, we're going to talk about Biden, but Jim Jordan, one of the most influential voices in the House Republicans, conservative wing, is heartily endorsing, endorsing Kevin McCarthy for Speaker of the House. So, Ooh. you know, I just find that as disturbing as Paul Pelosi. I don't know, man. I just uh, wait. He said Jim Jordan is what? Hardly or heart, what? Heartily, like with oh. great fervor, he's uh, endorsing Kevin McCarthy. I, mean, I, 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 again, I'll say this again. I mean, McCarthy may not be everybody's favorite, and there's certainly some things you could say about McCarthy. He needs to grow a set in some situations. Sick. But I'll tell you this again: Kevin McCarthy is no Mitch McConnell. Kevin McCarthy thinks he does wrong. He does wrong because whatever he messes up or what he doesn't have, he doesn't you know have the gumption. Mitch McConnell deliberately, deliberately will pull the rug, run you over, back up over you if it keeps him in power. There's a big difference between the two. Don't forget that. Studio 6B on a Wednesday. 
30 minutes past the hour. Uh, a couple updates here. Maricopa County, 62,000 ballots reported. So the gentleman who told us they were going to get a drop at nine was right. Uh, it broke out. It broke out. Katie Hobbs, 33,000 of them. Cary Lake, 28,000. So 54% of them went to Hobbs. 45.9% went to Cary Lake. 360,000 ballots left in Maricopa. And um, this is from Data Orbital. They said this drop is only about 15% of the total ballots remaining. And this batch we expected to be the worst uh, for Cary Lake. So there's a little disclaimer. So wherever these came from, obviously they expected Hobbs to take the percentage. But again, she only took 54 to 45. When Cary Lake's been taking them, so I believe she's been taking them more like 65, 35, or even 70, 30. Um, and I think those are some of the ones they expect coming up for her when she take when she eventually here takes the lead. So we'll continue to keep an eye on that. Well, let's do some more news and hear what that was, uh, Paul Nolan. What else is going on, Mr. Nolan? I just wanted to touch on, um, you know, you know, Biden today on, you know, suggested that he plans to mount a major effort to outlaw broad classes of firearms in the United States just one day after the better than expected showing of Democrats in the 2022 midterms at a press conference at the White House on Wednesday afternoon, responding to a question from Associated Press's Zeke Miller about what he intends to do differently to persuade more voters to back his various agendas. Uh, Biden went on to say nothing because they're finding out what we're doing. The more uh, they know about what we're doing, the more support there is. And that was almost a coherent sentence, still poorly structured in my opinion. But uh, Biden alluded to uh, major gun control legislation passed by Congress and signed by him over the summer, one that expanded background checks to toughen restrictions on gun trafficking and suggested he plans to double down on gun control policies over the next two years. So, well, know, I'll tell you, is, Paul, uh, that, may have, that, may have, that may have not been the best construction of a sentence, but I'll tell you what, it sounded very good compared to the WTF of the day, if you didn't catch this. <laughs> there we go. Roll it, G. I'm crazy! This is also At this from point, today. The Chinese government, by the estimate of the Pentagon, is getting ready to um, bring their force of nuclear weapons up to over 1,000 weapons, significant uh, increase from what they've had for many decades. Um, you've seen the threats from uh, President Putin about the use of his nuclear Remember weapons. how you all went after me when I said that was real? And, and what, what in your view happened? Do you think he, he backed off because of that? No, no, I'm just saying. I just, I just found it interesting that uh, Biden's being a popular, Biden's being an extremist. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> and it turns out you all are writing about it now. Kind of fascinating. <laughs> I'm crazy. What would you, um, what grade would you give to that uh, structure, Paul? <laughs> okay. Uh, I just, I just need context. Um, are we, are we in a, like, like an asylum for people who have PTSD? Where are we in this? Like, are we in like a third grade class? Where all? Because I, I have no way, to, I have no context on how to grade <laughs> that one. If it's, okay, <laughs> Does it right, really if matter? It's, if it's a president speak, zero. <laughs> a zero. It's just he gets a flat out zero. What is he? The first time I'm talking about ego. <laughs> I was right, wasn't I? And this completely crumbles. He, what um, was it? Yeah, uh, on, the, uh, on the Warner Brothers cartoon scale, I put that at Porky Pig. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god! So he said a he said a bunch of that stuff like today. Me in this. Try to get my first prom date. <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got a cassage. <laughs> he said um, <laughs> he said a bunch of stuff today. He said he's going to run again in in twenty four. And um, great. He was asked a bunch of questions about things that were like real, real kind of broad questions. April Ryan there, of course, pushing her own agenda as she always does. And then um, he got asked a question that he didn't have any real good answer for, except the old, he had to go back in the old bag of tricks. <laughs> LOL, G, roll it. Two-thirds of Americans in exit polls say that they don't think you should run for re-election. What is your message to them, and how does that factor into your final decision about whether or not to run for re-election? It doesn't. What's your message to them? To those two-thirds of... Watch me. Watch me. <laughs> you knew it. You knew it was coming. You know what? I got to be honest with you, Big D. I gotta be honest yeah. with you. I want to like, I want to like cook this guy healthy meals. I want to bring him vitamins. I, I want to get a team of people keeping him as healthy as possible because I want him to run in 2024. Just based on the way he's decaying now, we really gotta watch him. <laughs> cut, uh, cut five G. Roll that. How do you t interpret last night's results in terms of deciding whether you want to seek another term? Is, is it now more likely that you will run? And what's going to be your timeline for consideration? Well, first of all, Jill and I have, and by the way, it's my wife, Jill. Um, yeah, we know uh, who she is, dummy. Um, do you? Who's held a lot more popular than I am in the Democratic Party, too. But at any rate, oh, um, all kidding aside, uh, our, our intention is to run again. That's been our intention regardless of what the outcome of this election was. Um, and uh, the fact that we won, we, I didn't run, the fact that the Democratic Party outperformed painful. anything anyone expected and did better than any uh, off-year presidency since John Kennedy is one that gives everybody like, whoo, sigh of relief that the mega Republicans are not taking over the government again, et cetera. And uh, so uh, my judgment of running when I announce, if I know my intention is that I run again, but I'm a great respecter of fate. And uh, this is ultimately a family decision. I think everybody wants me to run, but they're gonna, we're going to have discussions about it. And I don't feel any, any hurry one way or another. What, to, to, to make that judgment with today, tomorrow, whenever, you know, no matter what the, 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 my predecessor does. Early next year? Well, my guess is I hope Jill and I get a little time to actually sneak away for a week around between Christmas and Thanksgiving. <laughs> and my guess is it'd be early next year we make that judgment. Ew. But it, it's my plan to do it now. I mean, but, hey. you know. Ew. I what he meant. Ew. Ew. There you go. Ew. That's gross. gross. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to sneak away. Maybe Nancy's going to go with him. So, oh. um, <laughs> well, so there you go. He's going to run again. That was one of the things he was also asked about in the next two years, given where the country is and the numbers, his unfavorability rating. 
Now he stands there and says, what a great night it was. They're, they're going to lose the House and most likely lose the Senate. And that was a great night. We outperformed. We lost only uh, the two things we could lose. <laughs> I mean, it's... Um, <laughs> He's lucky he didn't I mean, lose his benches in that one. Lost seats in New York, got killed in North Carolina. North Carolina... I mean, I mean, we haven't talked about North Carolina, but again, North Carolina last night, uh, they win the Senate. Bud wins the Senate election. They win gain control of the New, uh, North Carolina Supreme Court. They have a supermajority in the state Senate, and they're just shy of a supermajority in the state House. So you couldn't have done better than they did in North Carolina. Wipeout in Florida. New York moves to the right. Um, Not only know, that, what, about, what the, about Ohio? Not mentioning Ohio, Ohio took another step in into the deeper red section where it's less of a toss-up now. J.D. Vance performed well, as we as we called, four yeah. or five points. We thought he would win that race when we were talking to Steve Bannon last night, and he was asking us about it. Um, Guys, have we talked to Tudor Dixon, anyone from the network yet? Because I'm just such a big fan of hers. Yeah. She's just so quick, and, and there's some, she just has that X factor that she's instantly lovable and likable. and. She just, uh, um, has anybody talked to her yet? How, you know, because she, she did it so well com considering the machine she was up against. You know, like she was, she was up against, what did she have? What did she raise? How much money did she have? For, she was outspent by, she was outspent by a factor one, probably right? of 10, 60 to 6 million, 60 million to 6 million, something like yeah, that. Yes, 10 to 1, wasn't it? She got no help from the, you know, no help from the establishment again. She's another, you know. I think she no came within 10 her. points of Whitmer. Oh, I think it was even closer than that, wasn't it? I thought it was closer, too. I thought it was like six or seven. But either way, that's just a mess. You know, it's something to be proud of. Yeah, I mean, it is, I guess. But, you again, you have to ask yourself, the people in Michigan, like, I mean, <clears throat> these are the things, you know, and, again, I, I said this in the opening of the show. There's just too many people who have been programmed. There's too many young kids who have been programmed. There's too many people who will vote against their own well-being uh, in places like Michigan. I mean, what possibly could people in Michigan point to and say, yeah, this is our girl. We want to go four more years with her. A forced vaccinations for your kids, CRT and your kids schooling. Again, this is what they, I guess this is what people want for their kids. This is, they, they, they don't see anything wrong with it or like they, they think that yeah. they can, it's not going to affect them, I guess, or, or I, well, I don't know what people think who vote for her. Or a fake attack on her and, you know, like the nonsense we saw with that. We see her, her husband and her doing whatever they want to do on the lockdowns, but Everyone else had to follow their rules, or else. Yeah, she she lost by eleven. You were, you're right. It was more than I even thought. I didn't look at the final numbers. Fifty-four to forty-three. Oh. Two and a half million people voted for for Ava Perone. Just explain that to me. What 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 did she do for you in the last four years to make your life better that you wanted to sock it in for her again? What what did she do? She sent your she sent your grandparents to old to the to the old home to folks to die just as die. worse than almost as bad than Cuomo. Meanwhile, her husband was traveling, like Paul said, traveling the state doing rules for thee, not for, you know, rules for you, not for me. I mean, she's she's a tyrant. What 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 has she done to convince two and a half million people to vote for her? I'll never understand it. Yeah, it's it's really frustrating, but that was a monster machine she went up against. I, I thought I thought, yeah, I'm disappointed. I, I thought she lost by seven percent, but I must. Yeah, I thought it was closer as well. But either yeah, 54 way, 54 I mean, to 43. You know, either either way, 
you know, e e honestly, either way, I didn't expect it to make it that far, to be completely honest with you. I thought it was going to be, a, you know, just because of that state the way it is and the poverty and the and the inner city people just get no information other than what, you know, you know, they just completely brainwashed, uh, you know, and it, I, you know, it, there's also a lot of that, like, dragging people to the, to the voting booth and, you know, they, they, there's so much on the ground work there, you know, and I have some friends that was my son, like I said, played a lot of hockey in Michigan and Massachusetts, so like the hotbeds for it and made a lot of friends up there in that way. And, you know, it's, it's most people can't believe that that, how, how bad it is there. People hate her there as well. So, uh, Whitmer, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm just very disappointed, but I'm also proud of uh, Tudor Dixon. I thought, I just yeah. thought she was. You know, threw herself she, in, citizen candidate. I mean, that's all I mean, you can ask me, for. Was, I, mean, I, I thought it was a magnificent showing when you look at the big picture. You zoom out. Well, on. you know, you know what? There's one thing we haven't talked about, and that's uh, you know, shenanigans. We we know Michigan was a hotbed for election shenanigans in 2020. So we all think it was all all up on the up and up this time. I don't think so. Well, who's who's screaming? But who? But where is the screaming? Where is the screaming? That's out of what the I'm Dixon saying. Nobody's campaign? talking about it. Where's the screaming out of? We'll you see. Know, again, we've I, seen if, it out of Arizona. If that's your fallback position for every race that you lose, I, I mean, I just don't know. You know, I just don't. I, just I don't think know. It's the same. The I just think it's the same place. It can't be trusted. You you catch a kid lying to you once. Huh? You, to, you know, trust him again. All right, we'll continue on this. We get back live from Studio Six B on a Wednesday. Glad you're in. Studio 6B on a Wednesday night. Glad you're in. Boys are all here. We'll do some news and sports before we wrap it up. I'll give you another take on the election last night and some of the some of the ground Republicans made. Like we said, maybe this is just a small step in what's going to be end up uh, that wave crashes in 24. We'll see. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, I know. I'll keep forgetting to tell people to. God. <laughs> Frozen moment. Oh, my God. Biden oh. moment there. The podcast download the podcast downloads are not not nearly what I want them to be. We got to download the podcast. So go to Apple iTunes, go to Spotify, um, and try to download the podcast for live from Studio Six B. So you can take the show with you. Um, uh, Google Podcast is great, and obviously iTunes is great. Most of you have gone to iTunes that have gone, but not enough of you have gone. So I'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast and make sure you take every episode with you in audio form on your phone. It's real simple. Uh, I've linked to it on most of our social media, but if you have Apple, open up the podcast app and uh, do a search for Live from Studio 6B and subscribe to the podcast. All right. And then you don't um, have to do look sport. at these guys. Yeah, then you can just listen to us, which, uh, you know, I mean, uh, most of us have a face for radio, so that's that's pretty good. So Speak for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Except for Slick Rick. Yeah. Slick Rick is made for television. So hey, speaking hey, of Slick Rick. Begin. Go ahead, yes. Slick Rick. I'll, I won't introduce you. Go ahead. No, Come speaking on. of podcasts, if we don't start getting the numbers up, I'm only going to show the shoes on the podcast. How's that? Well, that's going to be hard to do. Yeah. Just no, it'll be format. at the beginning. Gio will cut me in. <laughs> well, you know, it's, 
There's yeah. no video slick break in the podcast. It's just <laughs> audio. So Sorry, well, you know what? I'm a shoe in. Okay. You're there a shoe in. Oh, you're a shoe in the arc. What's going on in sports? <laughs> All right, here we go. Hey, NBA action, real quick. Uh, right now, Celtics over to Pistons 125, 103, two minutes to go in the fourth. And wow, the Nets are really handing it to the Knicks. 108 75 in Brooklyn with four minutes to go in the fourth. That's all over, but the crime for the Knicks there. And a couple of finals. Uh, Trailblazers over to Hornets, 105-95. Magic over to Mavs, 94-87. Nuggets nip the paces, 122-119. And uh, the Jazz, 125-119 over to Hawks. NHL action. Everybody likes the NHL. Canadians, 4-1 over the Canucks, 15 minutes to go in the third. Watch out. You never know. They could come back like the Islanders did against the Rangers last night. And oh, Capitals shit. getting blanked by the Penguins, 3-zip. Something good happening in Pittsburgh tonight with eight minutes to go in the third. And uh, Panthers, 3-zip over the Hurricanes. That's a final wild at the Ducks later on. And guess what, Big D? Tiger Woods set to make first playing appearance since July. This is from Chalina Goldman of Yard Barker. The golf world has been wondering when Tiger Woods would hit the links competitively again. And fans everywhere got their answer on Wednesday when the 15-time major winner announced he will compete in the Hero World Challenge, which kicks off on November 28th. Woods hosts the event. However, it wasn't clear until now whether he would play or not. It will be Woods' first uh, event since the Open Championship at St. Andrews in July. And it is one of three events he is expected to compete in. Uh, it was also announced earlier this week that Woods will team up with good friend and world number one Rory McIlroy for the latest installment of the match, which is set to take place on December 10th. He will also potentially compete alongside his son Charlie in the PNC Championship on December 17th. So a big, busy schedule for Tiger Woods. The 46-year-old missed the cut at the Open in July while coming in 47th at the Masters earlier in the year. And that was actually a masterful performance, pun intended. It was a great one. So, uh, yes, yeah, so a Tiger Woods back in action. And just a real quick story, Big D. Report that uh, Matthew McConaughey, all right, all right, all right, looking to join Jeff Bezos and Jay-Z in bid to buy Washington Commanders. This is from Warren Tud Huston of Breitbart. Actor Matthew McConaughey is reportedly set to join Bezos and rapper Jay-Z in a coalition vying to buy the Washington Redskins. According to the New York Compost, a source familiar with the plans added that McConaughey is a big fan of the Redskins slash Commanders. Uh, Matthew has always been a huge fan, and his ties with the team go way back to source told the paper. They support his foundation and his good pals with Dan Snyder. He and supermodel wife Camilla Alves uh, were on Dan's yacht over the Super Bowl last year. Neither the Magic Mike star nor his representatives have verified the claim. Current owner Dan Snyder is reported looking to get out from under his NFL obligations after coming under fire for years for a corrupted culture inside the team's locker rooms as well as its administration and back office. And just a quick footnote to that. McConaughey said he really liked the name the Redskins. So, hey, maybe he'll change it back. Who knows? Oh, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. And that's a all right, all right, rap in sports. Big D, back to you. All right, Slick Rick, thanks very much. Um, just another take on last night from Matt Rinaldi, uh, who is, let me see who he is, uh, uh, chairman of the Republican Party of Texas. Uh, he said, election takeaways. Number one, Florida had a wave election. Texas had a very good night. You know, you've heard some talk. Some Even someone last night, Rick D, said something about Texas. Yeah. Uh, was warning about Texas and the right. attorney general's race and all that. Remember that? Yeah, because so, because they were like, well, he's they, they, they thought Abbott was only going to win by like four points. So they're like, oh, they're going to start to flood it uh, and try and turn it uh, blue. It's like, no, he won by 11. So. Yeah. 
So he says, results elsewhere were mixed. Ron DeSantis and his optimistic brand of bold and unapologetic conservatism is a winning brand and the GOP should take note. Texas became more red last night. In 2018, Ted Cruz won by 2%, Patrick won by 5%, Paxson by 3%. Last night, the GOP continued its 28 year streak of winning every statewide office, did so by double digits in every race and grew its majorities in the state house and the Senate. Though we outperformed our internal polls statewide, a much smaller red shift than we hoped in the suburbs, and Valley resulted in narrow losses in the Harris County Judge and Dallas COA races, losing Maya Flores was extremely disappointing. Uh, drawing CD34 to be D plus 15 district was an absolute waste of Flores' talent, and House leadership made a bad call in giving her the short straw in redistricting. She has a bright future, and I'm confident she'll be back in the fight soon enough. Uh, the results from outside of Florida and Texas were largely, though, disappointing. We have an outside shot of one vote uh, Senate majority and will likely have a narrow margin in the House. Carrie Lake will likely pull it out. Yes, and we agree with that. But the lesson is the GOP can't rest on Democrat incompetence and 70% of voters believing America's on the wrong track to win elections. It needs a positive message and governing agenda. It needs to stand for something. Ron DeSantis created a Florida wave because of his optimistic, bold, and unapologetic conservatism. He won minds, he won hearts. He led rather than followed the polls. He stood for something, he took risks, he rejected moderation, he inspired people. This is the path forward for the GOP. I thought that was pretty good. What do you think of that, yeah, Delgado? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he set the tone. He, he basically has shown, you know, it's the blueprint. There you go. Take on the media, push back, use common sense, um, point out their stupidity every chance you get. And uh, once you decide you're, you're going in a direction, stick with it. Don't, don't, don't get wishy-washy. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we wrap it up, LOL of the day, G. Um... Al Sharpton says, God will reward Stacey Abrams <laughs> in defeat. Roll it. <laughs> With dental work, maybe. <laughs> Moses, he led the Jews to the promised land, but he didn't get there himself. He, he didn't get there himself, but God took care of Moses. Yes, Keep he reading did. the Bible, God <laughs> said, I will bury Moses. Y'all leave Moses alone and let Joshua keep going. And Stacy will get her due. God will reward Stacy. Anytime you see Ossoff and Warnock and Biden in Washington, you're looking at the work of Stacey Abrams. That Amen. is correct. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> what a bunch of lunatics. <laughs> amen. Did I hear an amen? <laughs> yes. Oh, man. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, that was Joe Scott. He's the Rev. He's the Rev. That's the rev Reverend. Reverend Al Sharpton, one of the sleaziest people ever. The church must just shake when he's near it. I mean, lightning, I'm surprised. I mean, good. Yeah. He got famous because of Tawana Brawley. Yeah. False flag that was. I mean, if he doesn't make you want to take a shower when you, oh, God. Give me a more and more like a Pez dispenser every time I see him. All right, as always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders, CMTs, everybody on the front lines. Thanks, everybody on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. But most of all, thank you, the live from Studio 6B audience. 
see you tomorrow night on a Thursday night, 8 p.m. right here, live from Studio 6B. We'll see you then.